to a bonus episode of Major Crush. We're sitting here today at the park on this beautiful summer day, enjoying wine, picnic items. This is what it's like to live in wine country, right, Lou? It's beautiful and here. And we have a great guest with us here today, too. My man, Ethan Glago. He's... I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're so we've excited had so much us. fun with Ethan, and Ethan works a lot with Pinot Noir wines, and um, I guess he picked up on one of the one of the brainwaves that uh, Meredith and I have been talking so much about Burgundy, and we, we mentioned on our last podcast when we were doing Bordeaux about aged whites. Yes. And sure enough, what did what did Ethan show up the other night with? This beautiful aged Chardonnay. Yeah. It's by Autour, right here in Sonoma. Let's pour a little glass. Yeah. Which, as we talked about, it's so rare for here in California for. Our whites to be aged. It's very common practice in Burgundy for them to age their Chardonnays, but very rare here in Sonoma. Well, first of all, we probably ought to talk a California. little about California. But yeah, in California, I've, I've has I haven't been witness to it. You know, I know when they age them, they usually put glass on the, on one end of the barrel. They let all the leaves settle, and they can see it. You know, you can look through that glass and see the bottom part of it uh, with all the leaves. And then they go in and they stir those leaves like every week, mm-hmm. and um, and so by that it, it it blends in with the rest of the juice and it gives the the Chardonnay aged. I looked on a video, um, and it was somewhere I think in Bonn, where mm-hmm. a guy had a Chardonnay from 1856, and wow. he said it was it was perfectly wow. uh, to drink. That's just amazing and you have to know right from the get-go when you're making a wine that you're building this chardonnay or any other white wine to age there's no kind of halfway through the good process point good point out. you don't it's yeah. not like i've got a, a couple of bottles of chardonnay in my locker um i'm gonna age them exactly you so. got to build them to age with stirring the leaves and keeping the leaves on them and the leaves are simply yeast and and when on a chardonnay because of its you know the clear juice obviously those leaves you can see them and it, you know it's like a like a liquid powder almost like mm-hmm. stirring a, a, a substance into any liquid yeah and that's pretty cool I encourage people to go to watch a YouTube on stirring the leaves yeah so what, Ethan why do you think we why do you think it's rare for us to age our Chardonnays here in I shouldn't say just probably I mean New World in general probably but probably I guess the you could whole speak New World yeah California specific uh, I think a lot of it has to do with tradition getting into certainly Burgundy and those types of places throughout Europe, uh, you're really looking at traditions of how things have been done for centuries. Here in our California wine country, we're looking and talking about the last 50 years or so. So, I mean, to say this wine we're about to drink right now is a decade old, we're talking about a fifth of the entire kind of revolution of Napa uh, Sonoma a great in point. the world. Gosh, that's yeah. true, isn't it? It's a really good point, yeah. Good night. Well, well let's taste a little bit yeah, of it. What do you guys First of all, look at this golden, this golden color. I wish... Beautiful. I don't know if we can even kind of explain that color. It's a bit golden, but with this lot of uh, what, bright... It's uh, really honey, bright. It looks like liquid honeysuckle. Oh, what yeah. I would say, liquid honey. What you, you, you said something earlier. So it kind of reminded me of a golden haystack. Yeah, yes, golden haystack. That's a great one. Let's smell this now. 
So yeah, I'm getting some interesting um, stone fruits for sure. It's some pineapple. Yeah, beautiful oak characteristics come yeah, up immediately off the nose. But very subtle oak characteristics. It's not overpowering like some of the, you know, what I think Napa gets known for is exactly. that over I'm not. Tr I'm not thinking yeah. I'm going to taste a bunch of oak no. uh, vanillas and... I get, I mean, I know one of the common characteristics with aged Chardonnay is that kind of a nuttiness and even... Nutty. Yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. I would have said nut. I'm glad he got macadamia nut. Yeah. I couldn't have gotten that specific. Let's hit a taste. Oh, it smells fantastic. Oh, wow. My goodness. Ethan, this is awesome. Holy cow, this is so good. It's so robust, it's got an unbelievable body to it. It does. What's incredible is I was trying the 2016 uh, side by side with this 2009 Hyde Vineyard just a couple days ago. And it really showed so much strong acidity on the 16. And it's helped when you try the 09, yeah. all that fruit remain intact. And it's just developed this elegant balance of those oak characteristics that start to show when the white wine ages, and of course the fresh fruit you're getting right off the bat. You know the test that uh, we learned to take where you count how many seconds after you finish it that you can taste it? I'm still tasting it. Mm -hmm. yeah. the I'm finish. still getting that olfactory re oh. reflect, I mean, uh, response from it. And man, I'm getting, again, oh. I'm, I, I got pineapple and I've got some. I got some pineapple for sure. White stone fruit. Like a white uh, yeah. peach. Yeah, I'm with peach, you on the right? stone fruit. Yeah. Stone fruit, pineapple. Nope. I get a little nuttiness on my palate too. Yeah, yeah, just, I'll go with the nutty. Yeah, I'm, I'm again, not overpowering, but it's just like it's there. It adds a little yeah. co extra complexity to it. Like a real gentle honeysuckle. Yeah. Just mm. a little tiny touch on the mid palate. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah, definitely some honeysuckle. Wow. So it is so fantastic to finally, you know, in California to drink an aged Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's talk for a minute about Chardonnay. You know, we, we, we mentioned Bordeaux last week, but actually Chardonnay is from Burgundy. Correct, yeah. And um, It's the only white grape allowed to grow in Burgundy. The, yeah, exactly. Only and white. the um, interesting thing, there's been rumored for, for decades, you know, centuries, that it was tied somehow to Pinot Noir because the clusters are almost identical, mm. the DNA is, and it turns out it is in fact um, a res result of a Pinot Noir and a Goumet uh, Blanc that really? was brought up by the Romans. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, in the 13th century, and, and that's the blend of the two grapes, and yet it's called the Noble Grape. Yeah, Chardonnay, right. the Noble Grape, and it's the most expensive grape in the world. Because I, I was the thinking, most drinking wine in the world. The what now? I believe it's also the most drinking. The wine most in the drink world. wine yeah, it, yeah. and the number two grown grape. Yep. Yep. And when you when I was thinking, I was in the you know how you think in the shower. I was in the shower and I was thinking about. <laughs> I go, how can they say that? Because I you know Lafitte and Petrus and all that they come out of the block. You know a Montrachet will come out at four hundred, five hundred dollars, but these guys are coming out at twenty five hundred. But you know what? They're blends. 
Oh, that's a right? great. That's actually so I'm thinking a single yeah. grape. Really good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it can take on so many different characteristics because all of us, I mean, good grief, we've had so many different flavors of Chardonnay from all the way uh, uh, up north of Burgundy in, in Chenin Blanc. Or, or like I mean, in Chablis. Chablis. In Chablis, I mean. Yeah, Chablis, the most northern part of Burgundy where they're really typically keep, because it's so cold there, the, the grapes retain that acidity. So those those Chardonnays almost don't always even taste like what we think, I think, often as Americans, what Chardonnays are, because there's so much acid typically so in a Chablis. So high acid, real so light really crisp. Great with just simple seafood. Which I do love. Yeah, yeah. And then the most famous... I would say the most famous Chardonnay is Montrachet, Betrus Montrachet. Yeah. yeah. And that's down, like it starts in the northern part, Burgundy runs, it's on the eastern part of France. Mm -hmm. We'll do a whole thing on, on, we on Burgundy. We and, should do a Burgundy. But when you get down into, um, like my commas, like it's more very diverse soils and very diverse climates. Yeah. So you get everything under the sun. The Macanese region the is Macanese. like, and that's where they say they get the most full-bodied Chardonnays yeah, out of that well, region. Well, it's a little warmer. It's a little warmer. So that's where you get, like, some of those notes you know is pineapple and those tropical fruits from that southern yeah. Macanese region. Yeah. And there's so much confusion in the United States because there was a, ten, uh, there was a trend. It, I, it actually happened. I probably won't mention the winery's name. It got behind. <laughs> Uh, had to have a huge shipment put out of one of the major household name wineries and the leaves wouldn't lay down and it wouldn't it wouldn't come around and if you ever watch the movie Bottle Shock um, Barrett at Chateau Montalena had the same problem those leaves just wouldn't lay down and, and the guy was doing everything and so he put it back in the barrels and he filled the barrels with oak chips and he just oaked the dog out of it and he bottled it up and shipped it out and it came out very very buttery uh, yeah and over that that oaky popcorn butter yeah flavor but of course middle america loved it and then they started playing around with it more and more la crema and, and rumbauer and that and they would make a buttery chard but i think that butter flavored and 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 texture came more from doing more malolactic right? yeah malolactic fermentation and I know one of the things I had heard um, from a few winemakers in Napa is one of the issues when people first got when they first started experimenting a lot with Chardonnay here in Napa what happened was it's warmer here and the grapes are riper but they were still doing treating them like Chardonnay grapes in Burgundy which they had much right. more acid yeah. so they were taking grapes that had lower acid and more sugar and still going through kind of full malolactic fermentation so we talked about that malolactic fermentation is what con converts the um, the tartaric acid, right? Ma mallow oh. into lactic. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, malic acid into lactic acid. So for you guys at home, think malic acid is like tart apple, yeah. and then lactic acid is, think, cream. I mean, that's cream, that's Milk, milk. milky, creamy. So with Chardonnay, you want to, a lot of, you can choose to not do any malolactic fermentation, or you can go all the way up to where you're doing 100% malolactic fermentation. Where if you have grapes that are really high acid, like the ones in Burgundy, you need to do more malolactic fermentation because you need to soften that acid. But if you have grapes that are much riper and already expressing uh, a lot of sweetness and less acid, if you do too much malolactic, you get too much 
butter creaminess. Exactly. So yeah. they get into those bigger bodied Chardonnays, especially in certain locations in Napa, and it's just like you're saying, it's this whole other texture element that's added to the wine, more due to malolactic fermentation and how long they're putting it on oak. Oak, and yeah. to Lou's point, or they're adding chips, which yeah. can give it that kind of... And they're, they're, uh, volatile acid and, and some residual sugars. Yeah. But it's interesting and it's fun to go in and taste different Chardonnays if you have the opportunity to ask the staff, uh, you know, what percent malolactic is going on. And again, it's not malolactic, it's not a fermentation. Yeah. It's more of an inoculation. Like they yeah. come back in with with native yeast. Sometimes they'll use artificial yeast. Right. Um, and they'll 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 do a secondary mm. uh, process. Now every red wine it does malolactic fermentation to mm -hmm. soften it, give it a brighter flavors and all that. So don't get don't get us wrong. Yeah, malolactic is fabulous. Yeah, yeah. And I've loved a hundred percent. I've loved fifty. I've loved twenty-five. Right. I've loved it in steel. I've loved it when they've done it in the steel barrels. I've loved it when they've done all of it in the wood barrels. Mm -hmm. it gives it cool. Oh, for sure. You know, a cool. And taste. that's the thing with Chardonnay. There are so many different styles so and ways many. to do it that I think you have to be careful because I know I was guilty of this years. I don't like Chardonnay because I had too many of the ones that didn't Me suit too. my palate. Me you know, too. other people like those, but they didn't suit my palate. And now that I've been able to explore living here, Sonoma, I think more Chardonnay. I mean, Sonoma's known for Chardonnay more than Napa's known probably yeah, for Chardonnay. the cooler climate with the coast range always mm -hmm. helps and play a role in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think And then you every gotta... now and then you get one of these, like we're drinking here uh. from Maturo. And this is Carneros region, so we're thinking southern Napa on this one. Oh, oh it is right. out off of Carneros, okay. which is on the bay, gets that continual breeze. Again, Chardonnay, mm -hmm. like Pinot, has to have like sustaining breeze, moderate climate. It can't take that, that valley, that Napa Valley heat. Or, or Yeah, it creates a totally different wine. Yeah. That again some people like it We're Ethan thanks so much for joining us Gosh, thanks for this wine brother yeah, it's so good this is a fabulous find so what I did I ran by and I got you know being a Chardonnay I picked up some Marcona almonds and I got some uh, a little bit of a mild ripe uh, blue like a very mild blue and of course a double cream brie which I think is gonna gonna sit perfect yeah. then um, Ethan brought these I mean that's one of the best figs I've ever tasted I mean you, we garden you've got today. a fresh pick today huge. You he know, brought these. He brought a bunch of vegetables actually from his garden. He brought figs and some tomatoes from his garden. Wow! And Sonia did these Beauty little crustini. She took a baguette and put uh, that delicious olive oil from Devero oh. and baked them a little bit, made them crispy. Those are going to be delicious. We're going to have a feast. So you know that goes great with Chardonnay, and of course, obviously chicken, um, any white meats go great with Chardonnay and and you know what, what were you saying earlier about certainly you can dive into the seafood category but I think the fun part about Chardonnay and for that matter most of the Burgundian wines is its versatility when it comes to food pairings good point yeah great point you can really dive into all sorts of different categories and as Meredith was touching on earlier the different styles of Chardonnay will be able to emphasize different foods to pair with and it's wonderful when you can come into a picnic and have a great feast of different appetizers and vegetables and olives and 
all these different things and yeah. then you can dive into an entire barbecue when you're getting into the fish and chicken yeah. I'd like to have oh. some Emerita this barbecued eggplant Ooh. oh that would go great with it that would be good next time next time we'll get another yeah. bottle so anyway thanks for joining us and uh, this is a bonus yeah. little episode and look forward and what we'll do is we'll get together and do an entire uh, podcast on burgundy because oh what a fabulous region so many yeah i love burgundy and we'll get into um burgundy's easier to understand the cremant um some the cremants yeah yeah the sparkling that come from there they claim it's the best sparkling outside of champagne in the world Mm -hmm. and i believe them it's the same grapes in a lot of ways. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, it is the same grape varietal, just yeah. coming from a little bit more south. Yeah. So thanks well, yeah, again. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We're going to dive into this picnic now and enjoy Cheers, this guys. wine. Thank Cheers. You. Thanks, Ethan. Cheers. Thanks, Ethan. for joining Meredith and Lou for this special bonus episode of Major Crush. It doesn't get much better than spending an afternoon with good friends and a good bottle of wine at a picnic table in the heart of the Sonoma Square. We want to thank our friend Ethan Glago for picking out an amazing aged Chardonnay for us to taste, the 2009 Auteur Chardonnay. You can find out more about that wine and the winery it comes from in our show notes. And just like Meredith and Lou, we're sure you're going to have a major crush on this wine.